Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Everybody have fun Halloween? Did anybody do the double trick-or-treat where they went on Thursday? They found, the, they found a little window. They could go out and do some trick-or-treat, and they're like, all right, we hit the house. So then Friday, you hit other houses. Let me hear you. Are you out there? Awesome, awesome. All right, what did you guys go as? Anybody go as something really fun? Over here, raise your hands. I want to see if some, somebody went as something really awesome. Dabber, what did you go as? Were you at Scarewinds? No, uh, it's my anniversary. It's your anniversary. So that's a whole different kind of trigger treat. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you know, you got to do it. Uh, so so uh, Davern, both, both Kim and Davern actually work at Scarewinds. And I don't know if, you've, if you're friends with them on Facebook, you get to see these awesome pictures that they've been putting up of like super scary stuff. I can't, I, I can't look at them because I sort of freak out. I'm not good with scary stuff. What else did you guys, what did you, what did you guys go as? Anybody go with something really fun? What? What? Oh, your bed. My bed. <laughs> I didn't realize that bed had two syllables. That's my bad, man. That's my bad. That's my bad. Well, the day after, she went from somebody from Gastonia. That's right. That's a Gaston County right there. My bad. <laughs> I love it. Well, the day after Halloween, the day after Halloween, so it's All Hallows Eve, right? That's where Halloween comes from. Hallows actually it relates to the word holy, right? We remember those that have died, and then the next day is All Saints Day as we, as we celebrate the lives of people that we've lost. And so oftentimes that doesn't quite follow on a Sunday, and so we get a chance to celebrate that on Sunday. It's not really meant to, like, glorify death. That's not ultimately the goal with all of that, but it's rather to remember those that we've lost and point to the resurrection. Remember those that we've lost and then point to the resurrection. Every time I hit All Saints Day, I don't know what it is, um, but it's always tough for me because I, I, I've gotten to an age in my life where I have lost a lot of people, you know, and I think that the older you get, the more that that starts to happen, right? I remember when my grandmother was um, really, really getting up there in years, and it seemed like every week, you know, she was getting a letter from somebody uh, that had lost somebody. And, and you, anybody know what I'm talking about to say, yeah? Yeah, it's tough. All of those folks we've lost, lost grandparents, lost uncle, um, lost uh, friends. Um, we've even lost some church members. I was thinking about this, um, uh, the, the, the lady that sat right here for the first two years, you remember? Remember, she was, uh, and then we lost Ben this last year. We lost Ben Jones, who was an amazing guy. And all kinds of folks we've lost this year. I have a family member that was, uh, this past week, was about to lose a friend. And, uh, and we were talking, and, uh, and it was just, it was a tough time because they kind of knew it was coming, and hospice had come in, and we started to think about that a little bit together. Um, and he said to me, he said, uh, he was going to see me, he said, the best thing we can do is remember the good times. Amen? Yeah. I thought, yeah, that's exactly it, man. We remember those good times. We remember all those great things about it. And then I thought, well, wait a minute, but maybe there's more. Maybe there's more, because if we are an Easter people, then there's something else that goes along with this. The best thing we can do is remember the gospel. The best thing we can do is remember the gospel, remember the resurrection promise. See, that's the point of All Saints Day, and even Halloween, really. It reminds us that one day we will die. Look at somebody next to you and say, you're going to die. <laughs> Just go ahead and get it out of the way. But listen to me now. One day, we will all live again. 
One day we will all live again. One day. Look at someone next to you and say one day. One day. One day we'll all be together again. Those that we've lost, those that we miss so dearly, will be together again. And we need that resurrection reminder, right? We need to be remembering that every year. So it's a great thing when it comes back around. But, but not just about the resurrection one day in the future. All right, walk, walk with me on this scripture here. I'm going to read through Deuteronomy chapter 34. You guys, I don't know how you're doing with the CBE. We're reading the Old Testament together. We've got a number of weeks left in that this, uh, this year, but Deuteronomy 34. It's a little bit long, so settle in. We're going to read about 12 verses. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho. There the Lord showed him the whole land, from Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of the Ephraim and the Manasseh, and all the land of Judah as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev and the whole region from the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to him, this is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I've let you see it with your eyes but you won't cross over into it. Mm. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. He buried him. I want you to keep that in mind right there. He buried him. Who's the he there? Say it louder. He buried him in Moab, in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. His eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. The Israelites grieved Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days till the time of weeping and mourning was over. Now, Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and all his officials and in the whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. Oh, man. That's a beautiful scripture. It's sad, it hurts, but it's such a beautiful, beautiful scripture. And there's a couple of things that stand out for us in that scripture. There's a lot of amazing stuff going on, but a couple of things I want to note. One is God's intimate relationship with Moses. It said he knew Moses face to face. And what an incredible thing that is, because if we know anything about Scripture and the way we read about God is that if anyone was ever to see God, they would be swallowed up into God's presence. I mean, they couldn't handle it. But Moses saw God face to face, so much so that, do you remember, on occasion he'd come down from the mountain and his whole face was what? Was glowing. This intimate relationship with him means something. And it says that God buried him. He buried him, which means he was there alive. He showed him the land, and then he died in the arms of the Lord, who then carried him and buried him. Uh, being a pastor for as long as I've been a pastor, I have a lot of conversations with kids. 
Um, and, and one of the things that kids are, are really most curious about, believe it or not, um, it's, it's not communion. Uh, it's, not, it's not how I develop the sermon. It's ultimately death. Kids want to know about death. So I have a lot of kids that ask about death. Now, if you know anything about kids, they also have a particular um, like focus to their questions when we talk about death. It's not like adults necessarily. Some adults, adults will just kind of say, well, what do we know about death? And you could give them kind of a generally vague answer, and they'd be like, all right, try that with a kid. You can give them any kind of answer you want, and they're like, and they always say, why? Anybody else have a conversation with their children where why is like the next six questions after what you said? The only way to win that is just to stop talking. There was a story of this young kid. Um, he asked lots and lots of detailed questions. He wanted to know exactly what happens. What happens when we die, Pastor Matt? What happens to us after that? And what's this whole thing about the resurrection? I mean, like, are we going to look like zombies? I mean, is that why we dress up like zombies on Halloween? I'm like, yes. <laughs> no. I said, I don't know all those answers. We don't know all those answers. But we can go to Scripture, and we can look through Scripture at what that ultimately looks like. And this is one of those places where we can see. We remember the story of Moses and what happens in death. There are three things that we know about death from Scripture. If you're taking notes and you want to write some things down, these would be great things to write down. Whenever your kids or, or somebody talks to you and they say, I want to know what you guys believe about death. Number one, God holds us all the way through. God holds us all the way through. Because of Jesus, God has that same intimate relationship with us, right? The reason that Moses had this intimate relationship is because he was super righteous. He did all the right things, right? Actually, he didn't do all the right things, but he did about as close as he could to be a righteous man and perform all these wonders and signs, right? I mean, that's what we see all throughout Scripture. But everything changed with Jesus because God said, there's no way that you can live up to what I need you to live up to. So instead, I'm going to take it all on myself to the cross, to death, and the resurrection. So God's intimate relationship with Moses is the same kind of relationship that God has with all of us. Such an intimate moment, being buried by God. God holds us. God holds us, too. Second thing, Jesus was raised from the dead. Amen? We know that's true. Death doesn't win. It's the, it's the great Easter story, right? It's the story of, of Mary going to the tomb. We're going to visit that one in just a minute. But even in the creed, right, in the very third part of it says, on the third day, he what? Rose again. Third thing. We're united with Jesus in baptism and in resurrection. Jeff read us that scripture, right? And we heard over and over again, because Jesus died and rose, and because God calls us to the waters of baptism, we are united with him in a death like his, so also will we be united in a life like his. Those are the three things that we know about death from Scripture. If you want to make it as easy as possible, God holds us too. Jesus was raised from the dead, and we are united with Jesus in those waters. That's so beautiful. That's gospel. But given this Scripture that we just read, I think... There's even more to it. Here's the second thing. It says right at the end, you know, whenever the Bible gives you details, you need to pay attention. 
Whatever those things that, that kind of stick out and you're like, wait, what was, why was that in there? Those are the things to really, really pay attention to. It says that Moses, his sight was unimpaired. His sight was unimpaired. And his vigor was unabated. His sight unimpaired. And his vigor unabated. Why would we get that detail? I mean, why would we, why would we have that detail? Maybe it was just to talk about how awesome Moses was, right? I mean, like, we get a little bit more scripture talking about how awesome Moses was, so maybe that was the whole point, right? Just to talk about how awesome he was, that even in his 120 years old, he didn't need glasses. They didn't have glasses at that time. <laughs> his vigor wasn't unabated. He could still take you out in a bar fight. Nah. Was it just to give us random details? Just to tell us a couple of things about Moses. Just so you know, he could still see really great. Really great. Then his vigor was unabated. <laughs> could, you imagine, could you imagine having that kind of conversation at a funeral? Yeah, man, dude could still see all the way up until he died. <laughs> no. It was an encouragement to those who were left. It was to remind them who Moses was and what kind of leader he was and what his people were supposed to be about going forward. It was for the generation after that they would keep their sight, that they would keep strong in the faith, that their vigor wouldn't fall apart, that they wouldn't lose that vision to see how God was calling them. See, the way that we fight against death the way that we fight against death is to tell the story of resurrection, of one day when everything's going to change, when every tongue shall confess and every knee will bow and the sick will be no more and death and separation and hurt and pain and sin will be no more and death will have its last word because life wins, resurrection wins, and it's going to be a party like you've never been to in your whole life around the table of the Lamb. Come on, somebody say amen. I get a little fired up. It's to tell that story. But it's even more. It's even more than that. It's that God wants us to see, see it in the one day that those that you've lost made an impact on you. Do you remember the, those that you've lost? Can you think of them in your head right now? Can you think of the impact that they had on your life? that one day they made a difference in your life. One day they changed your life. One day they changed your faith. That's how we begin to fight against death. We don't just remember the good times. Absolutely we do. But we remember the gospel. And then we remember that one day resurrection promise will happen. And we remember that one day that they had an impact on us and death loses a little bit more of its power over us. When death comes at you with everything it's got, tell that story of one day. Look at somebody and say one day. When depression comes after you, tell the story of one day that no longer, no longer will I be worried about you taking me for the rest of my life because you cannot have me. Jesus has me. One day depression will have no more words. One day sadness will have no more words. One day loss will have no more words, no more actions. All of those bills, the hurt, the pain, bad decisions that you've made, brokenness in relationships, sickness, whatever it is, all of those 
stories come to an end. And there's one story that never, ever ends. And it's the resurrection promise of one day. And then also on top of that, the beauty of having those people in our lives means that we might not be winning the moment. We won't necessarily win the day, but death will not win at all. Death didn't win yesterday, not going to win tomorrow, amen? I'm going to put a little disclaimer here. When you hit that moment of loss and hurt, um, I want to make sure that you know that I'm not saying don't grieve it. Just turn and face and fight against it. No, no, no. When that comes to your life, and death hits us in a lot of different ways. ways. Sometimes it's actually a loss of a person, right? Sometimes it's a loss of identity. Sometimes it's a loss of a marriage or a relationship or even a family pet. Death hits us in a whole lot of different kinds of ways. And when that moment of loss and death happens, grieve it. You have to give yourself time to grieve. How long does it take to grieve? Anybody know? Say it louder. All together now. As long as it takes. But then look at it right in the eye and tell that death about one day. I think about my passion and where it came from. And I think about my grandma Mudge. <clears throat> she was passionate, persnickety. She knew what she wanted and she went after it every time. In the early 60s, she ran for, for political office to be a state representative as a woman in the 60s. Come on. I think about my resilience. I think about my Uncle Jim, who had cancer for a long, long time, but stayed strong for all of us in the family. And every time we got together, he'd come down and play cards, even though I knew he was exhausted. He'd come make an impact in my and my children's lives because he loved us, and it couldn't stop him. I think about my love for other people, and I think about my dad's father, Pappy, and what an impact that he had, seeing how he loved and cared for people unconditionally to make sure that they were always taken care of. I remember him always coming home and greeting me and hugging me tight, telling me that he loved me. This is a man born in 1919 <laughs> telling me, another young man, that he loved me. That meant so much. I think of my love for building and creating. And I think about my grandpa Fritz, <laughs> who built just about everything in their house. He built a carport when I was a little kid. I didn't even know what that was. And I saw him out there building it. He was an architect, a designer. And I think about him giving that to me. And there was never a day when you didn't hear my grandpa Fritz singing. My love for music came from there too. And I think about my fire. Y'all know I got a little fire. I think about my fire. It's my grandma Dot. There's nothing that she couldn't accomplish. There's nothing that could get in her way. And I lost them. All of them. And it hurts. But I know something. One day, 
one day, one day we will be back together. One day I'll get to have them meet the rest of my children and hopefully my grandchildren too. And I'll get to meet their parents. One day that's going to be the case. One day. Those that God puts in our lives aren't taken away to cause us pain and hurt. They were given to us to grow greatness in us. And they live on in all that we say and do. Brothers and sisters, that means resurrection isn't just one day down the road. It's one day that you're living right now when you see all of those things in you that's resurrection happening in the midst of your life. All those that you've lost, that you grieve, stay with you and live in you right here, right now. We could stop there, couldn't we? But wait, there's more. At every funeral that I've gone to, every single one, most remember that person that they lost with such grace. It's always, you know, it's always difficult in those situations because sometimes there aren't really pretty stories. But most of the time, they were remembered with such grace by everyone. It did so much for me. They were so important in my life. It's amazing to see that. And I'm always struck by those moments because it's so clear and easy to see. The trouble is, some of us get stuck there. And we either forget to grieve properly, or we just decide to never leave the funeral. Do you, know, do you know what I'm talking about? Either we forget to grieve, or we just never leave the funeral. You remember the scripture of Mary at the tomb. And this is just after Jesus' death. And it says that Mary went to the tomb, and there she stayed in the garden. And there was a gardener there. She found that there was no body, and she looked and said, Gardener, where's, where have they taken him? Do you remember this scripture? There's all kinds of great versions of this scripture. At one, the encounter with the angels that says, He's not here. Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? He's not here. Mary's tendency was want to just go and stay there at the tomb. But the angels tell her to go. He's not here. See, that's the thing. You can't tell or see or hear or feel the story of one day if you never leave the funeral. It's like the story of Lazarus. Do you remember this story? When he dies and Jesus arrives there and he says he's, he's going to come out and they're like, hey, he's, he's going to smell bad. He's been dead for a long time. And he comes out and they say, take off his grave clothes and come out. But so many of us want to put back on our grave clothes and just stay at the funeral. See, you can't see the resurrection promise if you stay at the funeral. The stone wasn't rolled away so that Jesus could get out, brothers and sisters. We have that detail to tell us and remind us that the stone was rolled away so that we could see in so that we could see that it was empty, that Jesus was alive. There was no guessing, no wondering that this Jesus was alive. That's the Easter promise. You can't have them live on in you, brothers and sisters, if you don't go live. No one can be alive in you. You can't see that resurrection. You can't live that resurrection if you don't go live. Mary forgot the resurrection promise Jesus told her about. Jesus is alive, but even more, Jesus drew her in close. And this is really cool. Sometimes we miss this. She now carries him in her. 
she now becomes the bringer of the gospel. Because what does she do next? Do you remember? When they said go, where did she go? She went and started telling the disciples. She was the first one to bring the gospel into the world. So don't you tell me women can't preach. So today, maybe you're still in the garden. Maybe you're at a funeral. Maybe you're still carrying some stuff, and that's all right. How long does it take to grieve? As long as it takes. But don't forget to leave the funeral. Don't forget that that's how you see resurrection now. Don't forget to let God have an impact on you beyond. But maybe you're still in the funeral. Maybe you, maybe you know exactly how you got there. Maybe you don't. I got some news for y'all that are standing there. Maybe God puts you there in the midst of that situation of death because you know the gospel. And there are others there that need to hear that gospel that you know. Maybe God put you in the midst of that situation so that you could speak life into it. I'm talking to somebody this morning. You're in that dead-end job? Speak life into it. You're in that dead-end marriage? Speak life into it. You're in that dead-end relationship? Speak life into it. And if you don't see life come forth, look for resurrection in a new place. Leave the funeral. Take off those grave clothes. And remember who impacted you one day. And know that at some point in your life, you're going to be somebody else's one day. Amen? Who brought you up out of slavery and pain? Who guided you to the promised land. Remember who taught you love and grace one day. And tell that story about one day. And watch death recede into the darkness and life come forth from the tomb. I want to take a few minutes. And um, I want you to really try to find some people um, around you this really bothers my introverts, and I'm sorry. You don't have to speak first. Fair enough. But I want you to answer these questions. Who impacted you one day? Who was it that spoke into your life, spoke life into your life? And then how did they live on in you? I'm just going to take a few minutes. Find three or four people that maybe you don't know are sitting around you. If you can, find somebody, not just your family, all right? Try to talk to some folks outside your family and answer these questions. Who impacted you one day? And how do they live on in you? Ready, set, go. Church. Church. You can answer this question by saying amen out loud. Did you hear stories of grace? If you heard a story of grace, say amen. Did you hear stories of one day? Say amen.
I have a lot of conversations with people talking through this stuff, and it's, it's tough. That's the reason, like French said, that's the reason you have a church, to love you, to hold you through those moments. I want to ask you all to remember this. When you go through that moment, don't do it alone. Come be a part of this place. Because at some point, you're going to be somebody else's one day. Amen? And last thing. I have some people that have said to me, Pastor, it feels like I'm going to be stuck forever. I'm going to be stuck here forever. But brothers and sisters, the only forever we know is resurrection. Amen. Pray with me if you would. Good and gracious God, this is a tough subject. It's tough to think about. It's tough to talk about, Lord. But you guide us into knowing that we, one day, will be reunited. And that you call us into the lives of others. That they'll remember us and the legacy we leave in their life. That they'll think, there was one day when everything changed for me. So God, use us in those situations that we're in to bring life, to bring resurrection, hope, and promise as we remember one day all will be made new. In Jesus Christ, we, name, we pray that all God's children say, Amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.